1: Hey, what's up and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by actual established church leaders. My name is Josh King and I am pastoring a church in central Arkansas. My co-host is Sam Rayner and he is a pastor of a church
0: in the middle of Florida to the left. Well, middle to the left. Gulf Coast. Gulf Coast, Florida. And specifically the Sun Coast. All the different coasts of Florida have some different names. Yeah.
1: I was talking to someone the other day, and you know my extreme bias towards Texas, love Texas. And uh, somebody said, uh, you know, Texas Texas doesn't have mountains or beaches. And I said, well, they do have mountains. They're over on the, the west side. They do have beaches too, great beaches. It's just the further east you go, the better the beaches get. You know, like when you pass Mississippi, they get better and better. And uh, that's my little joke towards how bad the Texas beaches are. They're not
0: good. Texans have a chip on their shoulder and it is warranted. Um, you no, know, we we have a lot of heart. I, I'm with, for those of you Texans out there, I'm with you. Florida's my favorite place. It is, It is. Mm-hmm. I, I am a Floridian. Mm-hmm. But Texas, y- you know, you guys got something going for you. It's got a good thing. I would argue,
1: though, the Texans have love in their heart for their state. There are a few states that have a chip on their shoulder about Texas. I mean, it's like...
0: Oh, well, that's certainly
1: the case, yes. You say but, the word and they're like, it's a trigger word, it's like a cancer quote.
0: <laughs> I think there's people that
1: want to cancel Texas.
0: Just, get you know what? Rid of it's it. not a trigger word for me. You, Texans, you be Texans and be proud Texans. That's right. And, and there are plenty of us who I'm not. I'm not a Texan, but I get right. it. And and I'm, I'm proud with you. So and you, you know, you here's forward. my
1: deal is I think everybody should just be that proud of their state
0: I, or, you know, wherever they are. Absolutely. That's a great ministry application here is you should love your locality. You should love the We've community. We've talked about that, that, that you're in. and it's so right. Love where you are. Love and where for, God put you. And for those who are thinking about a new location, that's what this episode is all about.
1: Right, because you got to get through it. So, the other day... um, uh one of my sons went to try out for basketball and uh, it was, it was overwhelming. He had not played at that level. Um We thought we were going to go to like a one-on-one assessment of his skill level. He'd be placed on a team. We walk into a gym with, I don't know, um, 40,000 kids his age, something close to that. And uh, it was very loud. These kids had all are very athletic and my son's more play for fun, not play to compete. And so, um, You know, he was he was quite a bit overwhelmed. And so he ended up walking away from the third of the little um, exercises that had to happen. It's all good, though. We talked it through dad moments, all that stuff. Super hard on me. Um, But it was, you know, a dad moment. But he had to get through the assessment. He had to get through the tryout in order to go play the game. And he was so conflicted by that because he wanted to play. But I had to, you know, kind of make him go through those tryouts. In a similar approach, when you're going to a, a church and uh, you want to pastor it, you got
0: to preach in view of call. Is that every denomination, or is that just us? It's not every denomination. There's uh, many that have appointment systems, and so, it, but there will always be that first Sunday for any new pastor. Um, the term in view of a call is more towards those who have congregational government because you're coming. In view of the church calling you, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, you, you know, it would be you preaching what is often called a trial sermon, which is a funny term. Um, it's an Interesting term because you can interpret it a couple different ways. But yeah, a trial sermon. And then in a lot of congregations and certainly in our tribe, uh, you're going to get voted on. Um, sometimes you'll be asked to leave the room. Other times you may be in the room as people vote. It's always awkward. How about that? There's no way not to be awkward. It is it. always awkward. It is a necessary part of the process. And I'm not necessarily against it. I, I'm, You know, I'm congregational in my view of church government. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's going to happen. And even if you don't have that kind of system, you have a board of elders that may bring somebody on board or something like that. There's always going to be that first Sunday. So, even if you aren't necessarily coming in view of a call, um, this can certainly apply to you because, hey, you're going to have to get up in the pulpit the first time and and say something.
1: You know, I I don't – I always say in view of call. I don't say a call. Am I saying it wrong? I don't Do you know. know definitively.
0: I wonder which one it is. Is there is there an indefinite article a oh, no, you, now you just lost or me. not? I'm back in Greek or, class. Or is no it idea. a definite article the call? Because that's a really good grammatical question. I've always yeah. heard in view of a call.
1: So if you follow us on social let us know which one it is. Is it in view of call or in view of a call? I always say like in view of call weekend, in view of call sermon. Uh, I don't know and you know there's a very good chance I'm saying that wrong well, I am text- call, call
0: is a noun so <laughs> it, could, it, it can have an article attached to it and you can take that article out and it sort huh. of means the same thing it does so you
1: know that's one thing the other thing can we just pause for a second and talk about our particular tribe and I'm not going to say it's wrong it's odd how uh, not the not the preaching I think that's a good idea The just the whole process of becoming a pastor at a congregational church, usually in most settings is very odd. It's a weird, it's a, it's an unrelatable thing. Uh, For instance, some of my joke, this is a joke, kind of, mostly. Lead pastoring is one of the few careers I can think of or fields that I could think of where advanced degrees are required. So lay people who have never done your job can tell you how to do your job. I think that that's a oddity. I also think it's an oddity that, um, like, was Aaron, your wife, uh, interviewed? Did she have, like, a little time where she yeah. goes
0: off? And- yeah. I mean, there was uh, actually in all of our churches, we have uh, been interviewed together often. Right. In fact, in most most of the interviews, it was we were... We were but understand, she's a key part of my calling, and had they ask I think her not to do it, it probably, it. she doesn't get offended very easily, but no. she would have been disappointed that she wasn't part of the process. But, but the that's process, just my wife. That's not every pastor's wife.
1: And and Jackie's great at it, you know, and, and, and there's no problem there. And I'm sure uh, Tracy's great as well.
0: The It's just a weird thing. It's unrelatable. And, and Tracy, when you Tracy is Micah's wife for- That's right. I don't have two wives. That, yeah, that just one's for Micah. Clarifying Jeff. that, yeah, you don't have two wives.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll talk to even church members who were not on the committee uh, or have never served on any sort of pastor search committee or something like that and they'll be like wait a second Jackie was at the interviews yeah I mean could you imagine in a secular field where he's like hey I'm going to be a professor over here here's an interview with my wife no I do they do that in some regards you'll have like dinner with the president of the college or something like that and you'll both be there And mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know that you're not going to get the job if your wife is kind of a little unsociable or something like it's that it's an
0: unusual part it's unusual of, yeah that's what I'm saying of calling a pastor um and you know what, what, what? Whether you're the husband or the wife, whether you know whatever spouse, you know, it, right. it, it, you're you're likely going to be included mm-hmm. um, in the in process or to to some degree. Now, you have to be clear about the expectations. So, if your spouse is like, I don't want to be part of this then you, then you need to state that up front and manage those expectations mm-hmm. um, and a lot of spouses would feel the opposite they would say oh they would better make me part of this process because <laughs> i'm a key part of the calling right um i gotta move too. yeah exactly yeah and you know it's uh and the church is a family so there's a lot of the you know just the blurring of lines of you know you know what's your ministry role and you know you're you're a, the spouse of a staff person i mean it it does get a little gray and tricky um so i would encourage anybody just manage those expectations on the front end don't don't assume that the church that's bringing you that's onboarding you understands your calling because the previous pastor may have had a spouse that thought completely differently and right fact, that's my Did case here yeah. uh my predecessor good pastor awesome family his wife was a solid woman an incredible person um but she viewed her role in the church very differently than the way aaron my wife views her role and so we needed to to set those expectations and thankfully wes bradenton was great either way oh your wife's going to be a very active part of your ministry or your wife isn't as active. Mm-hmm. They were fine either way. They just needed to know up front. And right. So I would encourage you if you're going to a church, you you do need to state those expectations about you, you know what what level of involvement your staff your your uh, your spouse is going to have as mm-hmm. as a staff
1: spouse. Right. Which what when instigated all this was Andrew Watkins on Twitter a Watkins 952 uh, kind of messaged into all of us. Have you guys ever done an episode on preaching in view of a call? That's how Andrew weighs in on it. Andrew's if not it
0: right because that's that's what I say.
1: <laughs> if way not. Way to go,
0: Andrew. And by the way, Andrew, awesome, awesome idea for the yeah. podcast. He said, I'd love to hear your thoughts
1: on the topic. All right. So, let's talk about it just a little bit. First of all, let me just say this. You know, and, I, and I'm, I've and i been up front with committees about this, committees that I'm interviewing with, committees that I advise and consult with. Um, you know, most of us that have done this for a little while, we know how to do this. We know how to interview. Uh, we call it in the field, your sugar stick sermon. You know, we've got that one. I don't have one. All is, of my sermons I've are heard horrible. that term. I
0: know what it means. But where does it come from? What is a sugar stick? Traveling evangelist. Well, I know that. But the <laughs> etymology of, of that oh. term, I don't.
1: What? I don't know, man. I what? should stop saying it until I do know. Well, I, 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 what if it's derogatory or
0: something? I mean, Ooh. what is a sugar stick? If it is, I'm sorry. I apologize right is now. Is it like a candy cane? Th- that's kind of what I assume just I mean, like, we're recording this in the Christmas season, so- No, uh, I kind of assumed
1: like sugar cane, like you just chew on the sugar cane, um,
0: you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I prefer candy cane. <laughs> hmm, there's this actual, is my candy cane sermon. There's actual treats called sugar sticks. Uh-huh. Are there treats called sugar sticks? I just went
1: to Google it and I'm going to skip the Urban Dictionary. Let's go to Merriam-Webster. Got to be careful with Urban Dictionary. I know. I don't even click on that. It's not good. For <laughs> There's some terms in there that you don't want to read. I know. Uh, it's not really saying anything right now. But anyways, we have, the terminology means that you have that one sermon in which – um uh, is you know you just you feel like it lands you've got a great opener closer application it's all there and so you preach that my problem with that is number one i don't i honestly don't have
0: one i don't i there's don't no either. sermon that i think is oh yeah that's so great um also no one's ever said that about any one of my sermons by the way <laughs> right that's the most <laughs> amazing sermon uh so
1: you know also just the application of it i feel like this this is the beginning of your ministry, more than likely, I've heard of very few cases in which a candidate recommended by a committee goes to a church, preaches, and then the church votes. No, I have heard of it. I mean, it's happened, uh, but usually no, usually it does not happen. And um, so you preach and you preach that sermon and uh, you're you're in essence beginning the ministry. You're beginning the ministry right at that point, at that sermon. So um, that's why I don't like saying, well, just pull out an old favor. You know, I think you shouldn't write something
0: down that's very applicable to the time, to the setting, to you, to the transition. Do uh, not bring a sermon previously written into uh, a view of call scenario.
1: You're just going to go ahead. And you're going to lay it down. That's a
0: 100% rule. agree. Mm. Always preach something fresh. You are speaking to a new people in a new time for a new season. And that, re- that calls for a new sermon. Um Completely agree. Now, you may use some illustrations that you know will resonate or some uh, a safer text. I, I hate to even say it that way. But, you know, if you're all right, guys, we're going to cover Ezekiel and super lapsarianism today, you know, in view of a call. Then it's just like, what? why? What are you doing? Like, what, you, what, what may, you, are you may at? get voted out on that one. You probably will get voted out. You know, do, you, gonna, do you remember uh, what your in view of call
1: sermon on um, uh, at Bradenton was? Yeah, it was a
0: topical sermon on what it meant to love loud. Topical,
1: um, and they voted you in.
0: They did, yeah. And, and, you, and you know me, I am I am bread and butter. Tend to be verse by verse mm. uh, preacher, although I do a lot of topical stuff as well because I think it's you know if you're covering a you know a love or you know some sort of term that's a, you know you need to go through a survey of the Bible, it it certainly presents itself in a topical way. But yeah, I preached a preached a to topical sermon on just what it meant to love loud.
1: Wow! I uh, I would have slammed my New American Standard
0: Bible and sent a terse email to the chairman of the t- of the committee. That's unacceptable. I didn't get. Uh, thankfully, my church is not that kind of church, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't get anything like that. Yeah, um, there's always
1: one. I um, would have. I preached Ruth. Really, the whole thing. That's that's unique. Yeah, it was unique. Um, and I don't know why I did that um because the holy spirit told you to probably but there was some motivation to it and it was kind of cool uh it was it was a fun experience this is the first church i've i've served with that had a graphic designer and a media team and so before uh as we were preparing for that day they you know worked up a graphic for me uh, and then they worked up a sermon bumper and it was very sharp it looked really cool and uh uh I think we called it the outsider, and it was it was apical I do remember I don't remember all of my points, but it's just, essentially I just preached the main kind of concept behind the text there and um just spoke i remember it being very apical talking about how God has a heart for the outsider and how that story has a lot of those resonating tones, and this is good because a lot of times churches need to focus need to shift their focus outside of themselves. And and also, I am an outsider coming into a congregation like this. Uh, I've never been here. This is a 100-year-old church. I'm walking in to be a pastor, and I'm an outsider. And so, um, there was some very pointed personal um, kind of struggles that I was going through, but then tried to shift that to go, a lot of people go through the similar things. So, that's what I
0: preached. That's good stuff. Have you yeah, ever heard I'm of any I'm...
1: disaster stories? Uh, Yeah, um, Anything that you can remember? I can't think. I'm just asking that off the top of my head.
0: But I mean, one, one church to the south of me comes to mind. But uh, yeah, you know, that's a
1: horrible situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they – And they you know really – terrible. You know, that brings up a – so, what we're talking about is a church
1: that voted down or – you know The the vote failed on a pastor But it was racist motivations By all accounts Or by most accounts That there were racist motivations And that's just a horrible situation
0: There may have been other issues There as well But certainly there was a vein Of racism in That it. was present For yeah. sure And so But it
1: could speak to the idea Of what do you do And I know we kind of joke about it We joke about it In a very
0: uncomfortable Sort of way But what do you do If you're voted down Well here's the thing And I was going to mention this So thank you for asking Josh You're um, welcome Sam Always, good grief, get a copy of the budget and get a copy of the bylaws, and that should happen long before you're agreeing to come and view up a call. Um, you know, get the governing documents of the church, get the mm-hmm. basics, just so you understand what's going on, and read the section on how you call a pastor, whatever that looks like in your church, and how you get rid of a pastor. Um, because those are kind of important to your role again, we're assuming we're talking to people who are coming in for the lead role because this is typically the way it works for a lead but it could be a teaching pastor and role a as congregational well. model and in a congregational model Mm-mm. but even then even you know every church has governing documents right read them and you know if it says that uh, we require a ninety two and a half percent affirmative vote to call you, you may want to rethink you know exactly exactly all of that because, you don't want to find yourself in a situation where basically everyone at your current church knows that, hey, you're transitioning. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you haven't told them, word gets out. People know. And you go to a place and, you know, you got to have that 90% vote, but you get 88%, which means you ain't coming. Right. And so that's a, that's a crazy percentage. Um, well, I've, 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 there are churches that do have – I've seen those super supermajority super kind of numbers where it's an eighty eighty five 85% requirement. Have you – you brought up a great topic there, which I think we could
1: discuss a little bit, tease out, is do you tell – let's say you are um, a prominent leader in your current setting um, or church. You're moving on. In my case, I was a lead pastor moving to another lead pastor role. Did you – do you tell the current church before you go on in view a call? Because technically, I mean, they couldn't vote you down, and if you've already told the other church – if you put it like into uh, dating relationships, you've kind of told this one you're about to break up with her and then you went over here. I mean, yeah, but it think? depends. It totally depends on your church. Give us um, give some scenarios because I think a lot of listeners are sitting there going, I don't know. Uh, it, I
0: really don't know. In most cases in our own tribe, okay. I would say don't tell your current church. Wow. Okay. Um,
1: Dropping the in, hammers today, Sam.
0: Well, I I'm just being real. I'm I mean, let's think about of the 50,000 churches that are in our tribe what they're all really like. Um so I would they're say beautiful. I would say in most they're cases they're gracious. They're God God like. <laughs> I would say in most cases it's probably not wise. It's probably not good. Um do. in some cases, particularly if you've built trust, mm-hmm. you've got a situation to where you've told a the leadership group, a board of elders, you know, whatever kind of structure you have, and, and you really do trust them with this information and you, you know, you, you're, you're working through that with them, then that's a very positive thing and you should tell them it would be a betrayal of trust if you didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've got it, you know, if you've been at a church five years, you've kind of got a standard committee structure, you've revitalized what you can and there, you know, maybe there's still some issues, but it's a little better than when you got there, but you need to move on for whatever reason. I'd say in most of those cases, uh, yeah, probably not. I'd, I'd wait. So
1: my story is that we were elder led. Uh, that's that's a move that I made at my previous church. And I had already told the elders, you know, weeks and weeks in, in advance. I would told them, you know, right at the beginning of this other church contacting me and those relationships. And so then actually, I believe it was two weeks before my interview of call. So I preached on a Sunday that Sunday. I told my previous church um, what was happening in two weeks. Um, told him the backstory, all that sort of stuff, framed it in the way that I understand it. Cause I wanted to make this a healthy transition and said, look, I'm, I am pursuing God's will for my life, for my family. And, um, and this is a part of that pursuit. There's a, there's a very real possibility that, um, you know, I would go to this next place. I would preach in a couple of weeks and they may vote me down. If they don't, that's, that's God saying no. In that situation, that's how I would understand that, and uh, if they do, that would be heavy indication to me, at least at this point, going through what we've gone through, the prayers and stuff. That it would be an uplift, or it would be an, uh, an affirmation um, for that stance. So that's how I explained it, and uh, you know that that is extremely awkward. However, I felt that as you mentioned our tribe our it is a big tribe yeah in your and, case you had a healthy scenario that you had built over time right and so that's and that's what you're saying there it depends I and mean,
0: in a lot of churches, you know, you go to a church and it's a train wreck, mm-hmm. and you know you put in your time and you've done what you can, and, and God calls. I mean, and hear me out. I'm all for long term pastor tenure, and if God absolutely tells you to stay at a place, please. I mean, that that's by far the most healthiest thing in most cases. But you know, re- in reality, I mean, you know, people kind of move on, and you know, it it, it does happen. Um, and you know, you inherited a train wreck, and oh, but you know, you've kind of put the pieces back together, and it's not it's not really a train wreck anymore. But that doesn't necessarily mean that. You've built up enough trust over however long it is to to be able to to say, hey, uh, I'll be moving on, guys, and you know, I'm, there's a chance that I, I could be doing that. I mean, you may find yourself in a special called business meeting the next Sunday, right? Where well, you're moving on, period. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, oh, well, really? Well, you know, that we're gonna you're moving on. Well, we're gonna move on pretty quickly too. So we'll see you later, Pastor. I right. um, I just be real careful about it. In most cases, mm-hmm. if you've built trust and you've you know you've done your you've done an incredible job of building a a, a, a an elder board or whatever it is, the way that you did Josh, then yeah, please tell them it would be wrong of you not to. I'm just saying in reality with what, with most churches and where we're at, you got yeah, you, you to think of your family first. Uh, and then you
1: think of the church and how things, and, and that's how that worked out for us. Ironically or not ironically, but um, I guess just a special part of that story was that the, sur- the church in Texas service ended you know, well before the last service here. And so most of my Texas church watched online my final sermon here and then watched the, the announcement of the vote online. Um, so that was a, it's special to me. It's different. It's a unique story, I think, but, um, it was special to me because they ended up celebrating it, um, even though, you know, it wasn't necessarily the thing that they wanted it. to do.
0: By far the better scenario, of mm-hmm. course. I'm just letting people know reality, right? Sure. I, mean, I would just all the way do that my- just because Josh did that.
1: Um, um, y- or, y- yeah. I mean, or some guy on a podcast.
0: And in and, 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 and most cases, you're also going to have that trusted group of people your friends you need to let them know even yeah. if they're not in leadership in the church i mean you you need to give them a heads up any uh, hints adults. you have i have one in my mind right now
1: any hints you have for the individual who's going in view of call for the first time they've never done this before what should they expect
0: oh man so this is really your first either you're moving from a current role in a church to a lead role or it's really just your first maybe your first first gig. job is a lead as role. in ministry yeah. Um, yes, like I said, know the governance of the church, uh, know the budget of the church, um, you know, understand the community, go there, drive around the community before you just show up in view of a call, understand, you know, don't just randomly appear somewhere, you know, make sure you go there, see the field do your research, do your homework, Uh, know not only the church and the reputation of the church, but also, uh, you know, what the community is like. And then, um and then you know yes bring a fresh sermon bring a new sermon bring a word to that group of people in that time uh call up the the previous pastor or pastors and and get their take on things i mean there there's a lot to do um i would say don't just take the job just to take the job right and you don't have to that's
1: another thing to just keep in mind you don't have to go even if it's an a, a, a what do we call it an affirming vote, an affirmative vote, um, you know, that's just a factor in determining the next step for you. So, walk into it level-headed. Another thing that I would say is um, be not in control. Don't don't be a jerk, but brace yourself because it is going to be an exhausting couple of days. More than likely, you're going to have to meet with this group and that group and that group, you'll have a couple of Q and a sessions with this group and that group. Uh, You're going to have, somebody's going to want to take you out to dinner, you know, all that sort of stuff. So brace yourself. Consider if you have young children, particularly and, and a spouse, consider the effects of this. They're looking at this much differently than you. You may be looking at this as a, maybe a promotion or an exciting transition in your life. They're looking at it as a as a shift away from their friends and their, their what they've known. So, I, I would encourage you, and this is a practice that I've done: is get in early on the talks of that weekend's schedule or that week's schedule. Try to brace yourself. Try to build in some time of like, you know. And I just I just say it politely, like, hey man, yeah, we have a meeting there. There, I, I'm going to go ahead and take that afternoon where we're not going to do anything. We're going to go off and kind of look at some stuff ourselves and spend some time together. And relax just a little bit so that you're not shuffling children from this to that, to this, to that, to this, to that. Um, I mean, that's just something that I've done. And, and you know, if they're hiring you to be the leader, then lead. I mean, you don't have to get shuffled around. And so, um,
0: again, yeah, though. Yeah, you can dictate the schedule. You can. Um, I mean, you want to be agreeable, of course. Sure. But- you you can again set those expectations manage those expectations and uh, yeah be honest don't tell people what they want to hear uh be upfront with your expectations you need to be um wise mm-hmm. in how you say things and how you phrase things um and be careful not to say too much but you need to be up front and then just know you're going to be in several likely you're going to be in several town hall kind of settings with different right. groups in the church and you're going to get asked some crazy questions and you just need to be prepared for that. You need to be prepared to say, I don't know, or uh, I, I, there's no way I can answer this at this time. Mm-hmm. It would you know, it would require me to be here a while to answer that. I mean, what I had, a some of I've, I've had some crazy questions asked mm-hmm. of me, uh, during the view of call weekend, Um, my favorite one was, uh, you know, it was this, it was a very tense meeting because the church had been through a a difficult season. And I remember somebody asking me, um, you know, just, uh, Hey, uh, what's your view on replacement theology just in front of everybody? (laughs) Um, and it was just like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> Someone just threw a bomb in the middle of this room, and now That's I got to figure out how to how to defuse it. And most of these people probably don't even, probably don't even know what that is. Right. What's what's one of your what's one of your crazy ones, man? Do you remember any? I didn't have any crazy questions, but in both cases
1: on the lead pastor uh, positions, one was my first church was so small that the Q and A time with the leaders was the entire church, and it was in one room. Um, so that was a weird, and everybody it was. You know, it was still a very small group of people, relatively speaking, but they all fit into this room, but they were packed in there. People standing in the back. And it was just a couple hours of Q&A from anybody and everybody who wanted anything to know. I mean, that's pretty grueling. Uh, the second one, though, this the one I'm at now, I had mentioned just through a comment about, I guess, just my affirmation and my affection towards our particular tribe. And it wasn't even the point of what I was trying to say. I just, you know, said that's who I am and that's who we're going to be. And there was a standing ovation. They all stood up, started clapping, and I had no idea the context of why that was a big deal to them. You know what was going on in that situation. So that was kind of surprising at the time. I just looked over at Jackie like, I have no idea what I just said. (laughs) Like, why? (laughs) Why are they standing up? But um, I will say this: There's a couple of things in this. The in view of call weakened. Can be helpful in determining I, – I, I look for things like how considerate are they toward the yes. whole of my family? How Absolutely. considerate are they towards my wife? What are they doing towards my children? Um, are they being respectful about just kind of those situations? You know, things like, well, you're going to have to have a one-on-one conversation with every one of the deacons and uh, now we're not a deacon-led church, but you still need to get their approval. I mean, that's to me, if you're not wanting to go into that kind of setting, would be something that kind of, you don't know that it's a part of the process. What I'm trying to say is you are strengthened. Um, I guess I'm not a person to give you that strength, but you don't have to go. Use your wisdom, use some discretion, and kind of see how those things go. And I know there's a number of Pastor Search teams that listen to our show. Um, and so I'm telling you, be considerate and be forthright on these weekends and stuff like that, because this is a big transition for them. So,
0: and know, don't it be defensive. Right people, uh, they're gonna, there are many, many, many people who just want to know your honest answers. And they may ask some pointed questions, and that's okay. And then there's going to be others who will try to provoke you for whatever reason, even though they don't know you. It just has to do with something in the past of the church. Um, don't get defensive. It's one of the worst things that you can do. Always be gracious in your answers. And your
1: answer with, there's no way I could know that right now, is a great answer. Uh, there's other things that I, I've said before. Look, you don't want to hire a guy that comes in and has an answer to that question. That means they're, they're just shooting from the hip. You want somebody that takes their time to establish what the staff is like, you know, whatever the the topic is. So just be honest about the process of leadership. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, In fact, we're 54 seconds over. Do you want to tell them about church answers?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've been mentioning this in the last few episodes. Um, We have a great deal for just EST listeners. It is, this great resource by Tom Rainer I'm kind of related to him and I think I like he's an guy. okay guy mm-hmm. um, Four Steps to Revitalizing Your Church so go to SamRainer.com uh, click on any of the posts that I've got out there about EST it'll be down there at the bottom um, and uh, you get $150 off this resource if you go through our channels so go check it out Four Steps to Revitalizing Your Church $150 off SamRainer.com uh, it, it's been very helpful to me. I've used the resource. I'm sure it'll be helpful to you, the listeners. So, yeah, go check it out. That's right. And make sure you jump on Twitter to let us know if it's in view of a call or in view of
1: call. Uh, that'll just be fun to kind of see if I'm wrong or if, if Sam's probably wrong. You're usually wrong, but that's okay, Josh. Thanks for listening. Peace.
0: You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening.